This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon. I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back to Grace Fellowship's Deep Dive Podcast. Uh, this is John and Johnny, um, just hanging out in the basement of Grace Fellowship in Lakewood here in Colorado. And uh, you know, we're in episode forty-three. Uh, we're in the last sermon of the series, New Life. Is that, that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's right. But before we get started. You took a little dig at our Rockies, <laughs> our, our beloved Colorado Rockies, our baseball team out here did in Colorado. I? Uh-huh. You did. I, I thought I just made an observation. You made it. Okay. <laughs> Call what you will. You're also wearing your Minnesota Twins hat right now. I am. So I looked up online just to kind of throw you under the bus because I was thinking, well, Minnesota Twins, they've obviously never won a World Series because um, they're a terrible baseball except team. Except they have. Except they have. Yes. They've won three, I think. That's right. And they've been to six. Is that correct? Uh, like, I don't know. Like that's, that? that sounds right. Yeah. So I looked it up and, and I was uh, mistaken. Uh, I guess the last one was in 1991. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while. It's been a while, but uh, but it has been. At least it's been there. But we've won three more times than the Rockies have won. That's Yes, but you also been around a lot longer. We have, so get, we'll give you that. But we have. I was impressed though, okay. and we're doing pretty good this year. Yeah. Well, do you think you have enough to take it all the way? Well, I don't know. We'll see. We hey, we we set the record for most home runs in a season already in the season. Wow. You know, so they and, got a lot. Of, they got a lot of bats, and we set the record for most players with over twenty home runs on a on a roster in a in a season. And, you know, so, so we can hit the ball. The question is, can we pitch good enough to, yeah, that's you know, the thing. who knows? Anyways. It, and since this is not a sports podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to bring it up, I got I got to bring it up. Okay. So anyway, okay. so we're going to uh, New Life uh, Leads to New Living. That was this this week's, and it was the last sermon in your series, uh, New Life. Yeah. Um, now that the series is over, can we go back to our old life? <laughs> John? Now that the series and is what, over. Yeah. And what is it? What is the difference between old life and new life? Just kind of summing it up. Yeah. You know, in a lot of, that's actually a really great question. You know, um, I, I think, I think we talk about the old life and the new life a lot. We talk about concepts of reconciliation that we talked about in second Corinthians five, uh, as we look back on the series. Um, you know, the idea is, is simply this, that, that this old life and you go back to all the way to, creation and the fall and you have Adam and Eve are created, right? They were, they were given life. God breathed life in, into them and that kind of thing. And you have them living life in, um, in the presence of God without anything hindering them relationally from God. And then they sin. And then, and, and, and the idea is this, that when they sin, when they took part in the fruit of the tree of, of, um, knowledge of good and evil, that death would enter enter the world, and we see that as as Genesis goes on, and so really even the life that we live in a fallen state, apart from the grace of God and and the, and the um, and the cross and and what Jesus accomplished on the cross, when we are living in that sin and in that fallen world, we are living what we refer to as the old life, the sinful life, the fallen life, the life of slavery to sin, those kinds of things. And so, and so that's life without God basically. And so, so when we talk about as Christians, when we talk about the old life, we're talking about a life that is ruled by the fallen uh, nature of our world. And that's the old life. And we talk about the new life. That is, that is the, the redemption of that old life, the new life that is that we find in Christ because of the blood that He shed on the cross, and so our sins are forgiven, and 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 our 
um, and are covered with the blood of Christ so that we are made right and just in God's eyes and, and, and look forward to an eternal life in God's presence uh, in, in unity with Christ. And so, and so the new life is, is this, unit, this life of unity with Christ that we're given because we've been reconciled to God. And so that's kind of what we, what we talk about, old life and new life, um, at least in this context. And, and sometimes that gets kind of confusing because people kind of, what do you mean old life, new life, especially people outside the church who haven't grown up and haven't received that kind of uh, teaching throughout their life. Sometimes that can be confusing. Well, obviously, you so there's this old old life and new life, and we know that there's something that happens where Christ gives us His righteousness, and there's yeah. a sanctification of growing, yeah, uh, more like Christ. Is that something we just do on our own, or is there like some sort of power like that we need to uh, push through that? Yeah, well, great question. If we could do it on our own, then we wouldn't need the cross, right? Like that. that Even was after kind of, the cross, you still. Well, so so there's. So we talk about those things in, in different ways from a theological perspective, right? Um, so we talk about salvation coming by the power of God and God alone. So he accomplishes salvation in us. Um, but sanctification is a cooperation with God, if you want to think of it that way. It's a submission to God and to his um, His power and his authority in our lives and his ability to work in our lives. But but we ha- we're continually submitting in that. And so we're working along with the with God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to accomplish sanctification. And so so there's a, a synchronism, if you will, between us and, and, and God in that and in, in that sense. And so we we participate, but it's not by our power, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, whereas in salvation, we don't we 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 receive it, but we don't really participate in it. That that is it is accomplished fully by the power of, of Jesus and what he did on the cross and, and through his burial and his resurrection. Okay. So it sounds like there's a kind of a natural you know, when you say we have to cooperate and submit to God, yeah, it sounds yeah. like there's a natural um, kind of the ability to go to the old life, it seems like, or go to the old ways and all that. And it, it, there is a fight to do that. There, there is a battle. We still live in kind of an in-between land, if you will. You know, there's although the work of the cross is finished and complete, you know, the death, burial and resurrection that's been done. Uh, our, our sins have been paid for. God's wrath has been um, has been satisfied. His justice has been satisfied. And so in that and that that has all already happened. But yet we still look forward to our glorification, our eternal state of being. Um, and, and those things are yet to happen. And so it hasn't all come, although the, all the work has been done, it hasn't all come to fruition in that sense. And so we do. We, we kind of live in an in-between state a little bit where we're between those two things. And so there is a battle going on constantly you know, for our minds and our hearts. You know, that's why Romans 12 talks about renew, the renewing of our minds, right? Um, it's, it's a constant thing. It's a thing that we continually need to work on. Um, in, in uh, cooperation with God and with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I think sometimes when you look at kind of just the way that we may normally act without Christ or without yeah. the power of God yeah. living in us, it's it kind of seems like I, I, you said countercultural a lot. Like, yes. it just doesn't seem to make sense. Like, and there's one situation I think about with, with the Apostle Paul. He was always attacked, and sometimes he would, he would handle it very well. Um, when we're attacked or when we're when people come after us, is it, uh, sorry, how do, should we defend ourselves when we're, when we're attacked? I mean, yeah. what's the, I mean, I think the natural thing is to punch back. Yeah, right. But there seems to be this other, this turn the other cheek or go the extra mile or, you know, obviously, um, I mean, what are some yeah. ways, some ways that, some unnatural ways 
we may want to, to respond to those attacks. Yeah, well, this takes wisdom and discernment, and it, and and that kind of comes with experience a little bit. And so sometimes we make mistakes, and we we got to learn from those, right? So a lot of times we speak up when we shouldn't, and we stay quiet when we shouldn't. There is kind of a, a discernment that it, there isn't one like hard fast rule where you go, here's your rule, and then just follow this, and you'll be fine. And if it's not that easy, um, at least for, for me, it has not been. Um, we we can def- get defensive, and that's almost never good. Um, because that's more of an attitude than it is anything else, uh, where, where our insecurities are showing. And so we're getting defensive because we want to protect ourselves from being hurt. Well, that, that's the wrong perspective. The, the right perspective would be, you know, how do I advance the kingdom of God in this situation? How do I advance, uh, God's, God's desire, God's will in this context? And so when we ask that question, it's different, right? So at times, um, Jesus turned over the money, changes tables, right? He was very aggressive. And at other times he kept his mouth shut. Like, like when he was on trial, like a lamb before the slaughter is, as, 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 as what text talks about. And so, and so there's a time to be quiet and just let things go because it doesn't advance the kingdom of God hmm. to, to speak up and at other times to speak up. And so Paul found himself in a situation with the church in Corinth where his apostleship was being questioned, but for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the gospel, he needed to defend himself. But he did it in a very countercultural way. He didn't do it according to how culture wanted him to defend himself. He did it how, how in, in a way that it best reflects um, how God would want him to do it. And so that the, the gospel and the kingdom of God would be, would be glorified. So that God would be glorified and the kingdom of God would be expanded. It seems, it seems like, um, when it comes to just having that new life, there's a, you're presented with this situation and the, the, the old life would just say, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. This is how I'm going to react. I don't care. I'm not going to think about it. I think what you said was kind of the key is stopping and using discernment and going, what is the best way to further the kingdom? Right. That's how I need to respond. Yeah. In any situation. And that's a new life type thing thinking. It it is a new life kind of thinking. And it's not about advancing my career or my personal agenda or my whatever. It's not about me. I if I'm the center of the question, then it's the wrong question. Mm. And and I think that's really important to to be able to go, okay, how do I advance the, the gospel? in this situation. And sometimes that means I need to defend myself or somebody else or whatever the case might be. And sometimes that means I need to be quiet here because it's not really going to advance the gospel. It's not going to be advance uh, God's purposes. And so, so I'll just let, let this go. And I've been in both situations where, where it was important to defend and, and when it was important to be quiet, even though I was literally personally being attacked and, but, I, but you let it go because defending yourself is going, going to, um, further the, the enemy's attacks, if you will. Yeah. Or just create, it's not, it's like you said, it's not furthering the gospel at that point. You felt it's time to just be quiet in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think our, our culture is very, uh, self-promoting. You yes. know, we want to definitely, I mean, it's pretty normal. We want to, uh, we want to succeed. We want to be confident. We want to, you know, Whatever it is, we want to win. Right. And sometimes you'll see, like, I know, like, you'll look at athletes or something whenever they score a yeah. touchdown, they always point to God or, or like, a, like an actor or an actress, whenever they, you know, get a, uh, do a great on a role, they always thank God for, for their they abilities. They get their little award or whatever it is. Yeah. But what do you think about, like, um, is it beneficial to, like, point to God and, and even when we fail? I mean, yeah. is it still good to give God the glory even when we fail? Or is there even any reason for that? In, in a certain sense, yeah. Uh, the, I think we need to be careful, right? Because God, our failures are not, you, we don't want to go, oh, well, I'm not even going to try hard and, you know, that kind of thing and fail. And then I'll just give the glory to God in that. Well, no, um, that's not, that's not true. But sometimes God, 
works in our failures as well. And I think that's really important to identify. And um, sometimes we do see these athletes or these actors, actresses, politicians, whatever the case might be. Um, we, we, can, we can see them talk about their faith or something when things have not gone well. And that happens from time to time. And, and I'm thankful for when, that, when we see that um, or, when, or when people recognize that God has given them certain talents and skills and abilities and, and, they, and they go, look, it's not really me. It's just, you know, God happened to give this to me and I want to use it for his glory. I think that's, that's appropriate. Um, but yeah, absolutely. When we fail in life, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever the failure is, whether it's a moral failure, a, a career failure, a sports failure, what, whatever it is, to, to at, the, at the bottom of that go, but 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 God was there. God was working anyways. God worked He's even in my weakness. Work, yeah, yeah. He was he was still at work, and to recognize that I think can be um, really really important. I think that the idea of, of recognizing and that self reflection too, just to look at yourself and you know, with how God is, interacts with you is important, you know, and I think a, a lot of times you'll, you maybe is, you won't see very often, but people don't self-reflect yeah. enough. They don't look at themselves and go, you know, here's, here's my, here are my shortcomings here. You know, we're always trying to cover them up and hide them. Yeah. It seems to be very important to test that God is really working in our lives. And you brought up three, three, three tangible ways, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. When, when Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he's based in, in the 13th chapter. Anyways, he's talking about uh, examining, you know, he uses some different words, but examining, testing themselves and things like that. And really, Paul had done this really throughout the book. He had self-reflected in, in some ways. And, and there were moments where you can kind of see his humility and going, yeah, maybe, maybe even, even if I did fail in this area, you know, uh, in this way, or I'm perceived to have failed, um, in this particular way that, but God was still at work and, and he, he boasts and he talks a lot in, in several places about boasting and weakness and boasting in, in, in those things that, uh, the world would look and say, that's not strength, that's weakness. Why would you boast in that? That doesn't make any sense. But yet he boasts in that and says, but God was at work and God was accomplishing his purposes and God was 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 bringing about the things that he needed to bring about in order to advance his kingdom. And 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 Paul. So Paul boasts in those things, whether it's the shipwrecks or the beatings or the imprisonments or, or all of those kinds of things. And he boasts in that. And and to be able to to uh, boast in all of that and to say, yeah, God's at work in this is is extremely important for each one of us, right? And we need to be able to look at our own lives and self-examine, right? And go, maybe maybe I failed at something. You know, I, I did a church plant many years ago in Minnesota and, and uh, we gave it we gave it a go and it didn't it didn't work. You know, we ended up uh, closing the doors and things like that and, and there was a lot of self-reflection that took place at that moment and you go, okay, what did I learn? How, how did I grow? How was God preparing, using that experience to prepare me for future ministry, you know, is, is, is a, is one way of looking at it. And so I think that becomes really, really important to just kind of think about things in that way. Sometimes God is using those things to prepare us or prepare others or whatever it is. And sometimes even our failures, perceived failures, our successes in God's economy, you know, we didn't we didn't plant a church that was able to sustain it sustain itself, but we did see people come to Christ. We did see people who were who were dechurched or who had left the church come back to the church. We did see fruit from that ministry. So maybe that maybe God had us there at a moment in time for specific purposes, which He accomplished to reap a specific harvest at that time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I think so. We don't we see things according to 
you know, human economy, yeah, right? Yeah. And not God's. And so sometimes even our failures are really successes in God's, God's economy. And we shouldn't explain away our failures. You know, we shouldn't use that to go, oh, well, God you know, must my failure doesn't really matter. We should learn from it and grow from it, right? But, but that, that's the question is, is, is to self-evaluate and to go, how, how can I grow so that the next time or whatever for future ministry, how can I be um, used for God's glory in a more significant way? Is there a difference, difference between self-reflecting and testing our faith? Uh, in some ways, yeah, I think there is, you know, as far as, you know, I, I talked about on Sunday, I talked about three different ways to do that, you know, and I talked about three different categories, you know, first one is relationship with Jesus. Have you received new life? I think that's kind of a simple test. If you will, either I have, or I haven't, right. Either I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ or I haven't. And so you might go, well, that's a test. Whereas self-reflection is something that seems to be more ongoing. Right. And I talked about two other categories, evidence that you have have new life. In other words, how, how different are your thoughts, your goals, your relationships from the world around you? What, what has changed between the old life and the new life? Kind of like new fruit. Yeah, and new fruit, yeah. if you will. You know, and then, and then the third category was the work of the Spirit. You know, are you growing in holiness and righteousness, uh, righteous living and, and exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit? You know, Gal- uh, Galatians um, 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And so are you exemplifying those things? And so I think it is kind of a fruit examination, a self-fruit examination. We need to be careful about examining other people's fruit. <laughs> uh, that, you know, we don't need, nobody licensed us as the fruit examiners, you know, to run around and examine everybody else. But self-reflection in that area, I think is very positive and good and can be as long as it doesn't become like this woe is me kind of thing. Like I'm the worst ever. And, you know, we don't want that. Like that's not good. That's not, that's not helpful self-reflection. Um, but to self-reflect and go, am I, am I growing in righteousness? Am I, am I uh, producing fruit as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ? Am I discipling somebody? Am I, am I sharing the gospel? Um, those kinds of things. Is there ever time to um, examine other fruit? You know, because obviously we're, we're called to, you know, help and encourage yeah. and, and maybe identify, Hey, there's this area, you know, a blind spot, if you will. Yeah, there is, but we need to be careful about it. Right. We just, we, we can't become the judgmental person that runs around and, you know, if people, if we become known as the fruit examiner, there's a problem. Right. But especially with our brothers, sisters in Christ, when we, uh, you know, spur one another on towards love and good deeds as, as author Hebrews talks about, um, that, that can become very important. Right. And so we, we can come and, and look at a person's life and say, Hey, look, there's this area in your life that, you know, if, if my goal here is to encourage and equip and further somebody in their relationship with Jesus Christ, and I do that with tact and love and kindness, then, then I, then maybe. And if I have the relationship as a foundation to do that, uh, if I have some uh, place in that person's life uh, to be able to, to come and say, Hey man, I love you, brother. I love you, sister, whatever the case might be. Um, there's this thing. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's see if we can grow uh, in, you know, in, in our relationship with Jesus because, you know, and by doing this, then yeah, that, that can be beneficial. Or sometimes, you know, we have these qualifications in Timothy and Titus about, you know, elders and things like that. And so we have to examine on some level, some fruit and go, is this person worthy of leadership? Sometimes that's necessary as well. But again, we got to do so with caution. Yeah. And I think, I think obviously too, you know, the person who is examining or saying something, if they're really doing it with the right heart, they will stop and think for themselves, you know, this is also true for me. And please yeah. always feel free to 
come at me and say, Hey, this is what I notice. You know, you know, you're not the moment of defensive, uh, like an attack. Choose back. you, choose you have good timing. Yeah. But, but always the door is always open and yeah. please come to me. If you see something, I, I just want to generally grow as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I may miss something as well. Um, I, you know, I guess obviously there's, we should always be testing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, well, and I had that, I had that quote, you know, the self, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I think that's really, really true. And I think, I think the, the gospel itself and scripture, um, asks us to examine our lives. It's a, it's a positive and good thing. And the unexamined life, you know, then you just become, you know, a blind idiot. If you, if you, if you never examine your life, you just kind of wander through life. You'll go anywhere, do anything, believe anything. And, you know, it's not going to go well. Um, and so I think, I think examining our own life is important as long as we're, we do so in a healthy way. Well, I think there's a, there's probably a very real reason why we don't examine our, ourselves. It's intimidating. Yeah. It's scary because we know we might find something that isn't real good. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't love to read the Bible and I don't love to pray <laughs> because it is scary. It's, it's hard. That, yeah. that thing is living and it is active and it right. does, it cuts through you and you feel conviction and you feel, yeah. oh man, I'm, I'm coming up short in this area, yet you still are loved, but it's just, a, it's a rough thing, you know? Well, and you think about the author of Hebrews and when he talks about scripture, you know, and in, in Hebrews chapter four, he talks about it being living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, just like you just talked about. Um, you think about that, that those are, that's a cutting tool. It's a cut, it cuts. It's a, what's that? It separates bone from marrow as yeah. the, as the author of Hebrews puts it. And that's cutting, that's surgery. That's, that's painful. Um, it can be. And so it is sharper, sharp and it is active and it, and it does do work on us, but it's for our good and for God's glory. And, and so allowing it to do that is really important, you know, reading scripture and, and identifying sinful habits that you have so that you, so that God can, can redeem you in that area is, is a good and positive thing, but it's not always pleasant. Yeah. So if you're, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, man, it is so hard to read and I'm so yeah. nervous about it. It's, we understand hundred percent. We yeah. understand it is, it is a very, um, intimidating, um, thing and very painful in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's very encouraging and uplifting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just, it's not always painful. As a matter of fact, many times it's not, it's mm-hmm. very encouraging and to understand the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. That's an encouraging thing mm-hmm. and it's a cleansing thing. And I feel, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like working out in the gym. It's, I mean, it's very much like that. You know, you go and you go to the gym or whatever, you decide you're going to exercise. Well, you know, quite frankly, when you're out of shape, exercise isn't fun, man. Well, it also hurts. It reveals where you're at. Yeah. And you don't want to know. Yeah. It's much easier to never do anything strenuous, physically strenuous, and pretend you're in good shape than it is to go out and actually prove you're in good shape by prove trying you're to not do in good shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so, and so that's, that's true spiritually as well. When we never do anything strenuous, spiritually difficult, when we never do that, then we are not testing ourselves. Um, and so, so it's really important for us to be able to do that, you know, to be able to go out to test ourselves spiritually in that sense and to do things that are strenuous spiritually so that we can reveal where we need to grow. So John, obviously maybe not, there's not, maybe it's not obvious, but there's kind of some two options. You're either going to pass the test or you're going to fail the test. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, you might come up in the middle, but, but there. What should our reaction be when that happens? When we, I mean, maybe it's the same reaction or maybe it's not, but say like yeah. we do well, you know, yeah. you mentioned that the Corinthians were probably going to pass the test, 
well, I think Paul, in his sermon. Paul anticipated that, certainly. That they would, yeah. yeah. But, what, you know, so we passed the test. Great. Well, um, I would say that there's, you know, I share those three categories. I would say number one is a test and number two and three are more self-examinations. Okay. And so, so passing and passing and failing is related to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Have you received new life? That's a pass fail, right? Either okay. I have or I haven't. The other two aren't, aren't, aren't like that. Those are, those are things that are used to evaluate and can reveal areas of growth. And then we need to grow in those areas. Um, and, and, and can reveal areas of strength and we need to rejoice in those. And so I would put it more that way rather than a pass fail as far as the, the two categories, evidence that you have new life and work of the spirit. Those two categories, I would say just those aren't, those aren't intended to be a pass fail. They're intended to be graded, more great, like a sliding scale. Yeah. yeah they, you they, can they, reveal, they reveal areas, places to improve and places where perhaps you're Here's your strong. weakness. Yeah. yeah. Here's where you, you can grow a little bit. Yeah. Well, John, any other, uh, as we kind of wrap up, do you have any rec- resources you recommend? Yeah, well, I mean, sort of. You know, I, I think one of the things that you talked about, and I know we talk about this a lot, and sometimes I have resources that are outside of Scripture, and sometimes I don't. But, you know, one of the one of the areas where I would I think is good to revisit on a regular basis in Scripture when it comes to evaluating whether you're growing or not is is the fruit of the spirit just going back to that Galatians five and reading that and, and, and asking yourself, am I growing in those areas? Is, is that uh, evident in my life? And, and, and that's a really good resource uh, to examine your growth and, and how you're, how you're progressing as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, before we wrap this up. So when it comes to looking at, let's just say you're, you're looking at the fruit of the spirit, love, yeah. joy, peace, patience, you know, you, you, you realize, man, I just am lacking patience. I am yeah. so short fuse. What do we, I mean, what, how do you get more patience? You know, like, do you need to change up certain things? Do you need to cut out some things in your life? Do you need to, I mean, it's probably very broad, but yeah, it, I mean, is it good just to look at that? Look at maybe just patience and go, okay, I'm so short fused. Why am I doing this? You know, obviously God gave me the strength to do this. Confess maybe some areas of, you know, just being um, impatient. Yeah. I think, you know, so, and there's that always that saying, you know, don't, don't ever pray for, pray for patience. Cause God will <laughs> give it to you. Yeah, that, yeah. that whole thing. And, and there's some truth to that, but honestly, I think you, you can always go back to the cross. And this is the thing that we, we, I think is good in whether it's patience or any of the other fruits of the spirit that oftentimes we can, we look at ourselves, Oh, I'm really lacking in this. Just go back to the cross and go and go, what did, what is the grace and mercy that God has given me and how am I showing that to others? And, and if I have received a lot of grace and mercy in my life through the cross, through Jesus, through what he did for me, then I ought to extend that towards others. And it's easier once you realize that you've been the recipient of those things, uh, through Jesus to, to give those things to other people. I think when we are failing in our, in our fruit of the spirit or in our, um, or in other areas of our spiritual life that oftentimes we have lost sight of what God has done for us. We've mm. lost sight of the very gospel itself and, and, and how much we received something we did not deserve. But God gave it to us anyways. And when we can go back to that and recognize the goodness and the graciousness and the love of God and what he's done for us, then it's much easier to give those things to well, other that's people. That's great. I think it's like it's almost like you think about, you know, the, even the analogy of a, of a dog will always be loving until it's in pain. Right. And then it might snap at you. And right. I think a lot of times in any of the fruits of the spirit, usually we're hurting 
and that's why we're we're not exhibiting the fruit very well. Yeah. And it's so important to remember that yeah. we have been given so much. And there's just healing. There's healing at there. It's not just, you know, you feel bad about your life. Right. There's actually healing and God and Jesus wraps your wounds up and yeah. you can go out. And that's the power of God working in us, right? Mm-hmm. Through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit, and the power of God working in us, the power of the cross, the power of, of his redemption and, and the new life that he gives us. Wow. That's good. Hey, so John, what's the big idea? What's the big takeaway? The big idea is this. New life in Christ means a new kind of living powered by God. Test yourself. Thank you for joining us on the Grace Deep Dive Podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll see you next week.